0: We find ourselves this morning balancing on that thin line between Christmas and New Year's. Between the twinkling lights and the joy of the Christmas season and the new year. An opportunity for new beginnings, new places, new resolutions, new promises to keep. Last Sunday, can you believe it? Just last Sunday we were eagerly anticipating christmas eve services and christmas day or maybe it was the quiet i heard from some of you it wasn't so quiet at your house but for some of us it was a quiet time we were eagerly anticipating special foods and special treats and surprises we eagerly anticipated those children's services with their wonder and the energy that the children bring we eagerly anticipated the joy and the music and the candle lighting and the holding the candle up as we sang Silent Night, Holy Night, lifting our candles against the dark. Excitement and wonder and mystery, the joy of the season. But now, now the, the decorations are coming down, the tinsel and the tree needles are being swept up. The songbooks are back on the shelf. The paper is being thrown out. Gifts are sorted and put in their proper places. All of that, all of that is being accomplished. But there's still something I haven't put up. I haven't decided what I am going to do with it. What is yet to be dealt with for me? is in these last few days, I've been trying to reason all of our activity together, all this celebration of the birth of Christ. And each time we get to this point and we're all excited and enthralled and we're filled with wonder and awe, the days pass, and then what do we do? What do we do with the claim that we have made? Christmas Eve? Christmas Day? What do we do with that God with us, Emmanuel, Jesus, God, born into our lives? The writer of the letter to the church at Colossae realized that the community gathered there was struggling with that same issue. What now? We've accepted the Christ, we have accepted his teachings, we know how God loves us. But after a while, they began to wander. Wander away from the reality that they had embraced at the beginning. What now? Colossians offers us a choice. That's our scripture reading this morning. That's the lectionary for this morning. As we stand in this thin line place between Christmas and New Year's, listen to what the God of new beginnings, the God of life over death, the God of our creation and all creation might offer to us on this new year a resolution of what's next for us, for me, for all of us together. Listen for God's word for you this day and for all of us. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. "...bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful." Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs to God. I think you could even use a horn for the New Year's Eve. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. This season just gives us a time to be out and about, doesn't it? There are special Christmas events at the church. There are family gatherings, special gatherings that you have in your neighborhood or with friends where you live, parties. For some of us, that's a really festive time, a time to wear your best festive clothes, your most wonderful Christmas sweater that you own. Um, And so a lot of us will say, Well, what are you going to wear to this event? Or what are you wearing to that event? I don't know. I have never known what I was going to wear to anything because it's a place that makes me greatly anxious and fearful. You can ask my daughter and my friend sitting over here, it just drives me nuts. I don't want to know what I'm going to wear because I don't know what I'm going to wear and it makes me so nervous. As a matter of fact, about eight years ago, I quit wearing skirts and dresses because I could cut in half my anxiety by just wearing black pants. So I started doing that. That helped. And my daughter, thank God for my daughter, she came to me one day and she said, Mother, what we need to do is granimal your closet. Do any of you remember granimal clothes? They were clothes for girls and boys, I guess, that had tags on them. So, the tag would let you know if you wore the blue shirt with the blue pants, and you'd look for the right tag. Sarah thought that would be a grand idea for my closet. It would help me get up in the morning and find the color I wanted, and I could match the granimals well. So much for all of that. Have you noticed? I mean, some folks just wear clothes well, they look great, and I just can't even go there. I'm struggling. I'm wanting to, deal with the, what, not wanting to deal with the what are you going to wear stuff, which makes me so uncomfortable and uneasy. So I'm sure you're not surprised that this very lectionary text for today is just one of my favorites. What do I wear? I go to the scripture. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. It's the perfect granimal of all time. Clothe yourselves with the new self. The Christ self. Easy said, right? But it takes practice. Practice and practice and practice to get it on just right. The letter to those gathering in Colossae, I believe, is forming a new beginning in Christ for those who have embraced that life of Christ and have begun to wander from its core. The image in our text today, if you caught it is baptismal. The early church practice was after a very extended part of instruction, maybe even a couple of years. The new disciples would be baptized by removing their old clothing, walking through a baptismal water bath, and then would be handed a beautiful, usually white gown to put on as their new selves, as their clean selves, as their forgiven selves, and then they would be ushered into the congregation to receive their first communion. And so our letter writer is encouraging the Colossians to reclaim their Christ garments, their clothes of discipleship that are worn with love, in love, exuding love. So I began to think, watching the baby Jesus laid in the manger again and again through the years of children's services, reading those stories in Luke and Matthew that give us such detail about the birth, setting up our own manger scene again and again as we move it from one place to the other, I began to wonder, what was God wearing when God entered our lives? Think about it. Creator of the multiverse, they call it now, not the universe, there are many of them, of the stars and heavens, of birds singing, and the delicate wings of butterflies. The creator of our complex minds and bodies and lives. That one, that one appears for the first time not in a grand robe with a mighty crown and a court of millions. Chose to come as a newborn baby. Vulnerable, helpless, in a manger with the smell of animals all around, in swaddling clothes, cloth probably borrowed from someone. When God made God's first appearance among us, God came in awkward form. God put on the clothes of a baby, a baby vulnerable and needy. Wise kings, lowly shepherds, the angels of heaven all came to see. They were drawn to this place, this animal stall. What would I wear? What should we wear? Listening to Colossians and looking back at the story of the baby Jesus, God's grand entry among us was more important than the outer garment. It was the inner attitude, the core belief, the very soul. In Colossians, what we have is God's primary wardrobe for each of us, available in all sizes, shapes, colors, dispositions, available For delivery right now, better than Amazon, right now, no postage, no delivery charge. Right now, your wardrobe for the rest of your life. A preacher, friend of mine, tells this story. The great theologian in the 20th century, Paul Tillich, participated in the Second World War. And he tells of a woman he met who was a diplomat's daughter. She had all the privileges that one might expect from a diplomat. She left all of that. She left all of that to come and work among the troops who had been wounded, many who were dying. Tillich said it didn't matter to her what side of the war they were on. If they were wounded, she was there to help them. She stayed with them during the night. She held their hands as they died. Her smile, her warmth, help them deal with the terrible situation in which they found themselves. Tillich said they never talked about their faith. It wasn't necessary, he said, because God, who is love, was abiding in her, and she was abiding in God. That was crystal clear for everyone to see, Tillich said. She didn't need to talk about God because... She was wearing the very dress of God's love. You see, the the clothes God chooses for us to wear out of our closet of fear and anxiety, our loneliness, our boredom, is the dress, the suit of God's love, the clothing of love. Jesus was wearing that in the stable where he was born. Think about that. Scripture tells us that we are made in the image of God. Just as Jesus was born in the image of God, so are we. The image is the image of love inside and out. The image of God's love is what we should be seeing in the mirror when we're getting ready to step out. It's the very essence of our being. It's the golden thread that holds us together, me together, all of us together, it is our collective DNA, the image of God. A 19th century Celtic teacher tells the story that during that period of time, royal garments all had a, woven through them a very costly thread. And for most of those, it was a thread of gold. And if the golden thread was broken or pulled out of the garment, the whole garment unraveled. And these days, sometimes I feel like our golden thread has been broken and pulled out. That our community garment, our world community garment is unraveling. What do you think? What do we do? Think about what we wear as we face ourselves in the mirror. We face our family, we face our community. You know, it begins with us. What we are wearing begins with us. Is it love, like Colossians says? Kindness, meekness, compassion? No longer do we need to search or stump, stumble around in our closets looking for the right outfit to wear. God has dressed us from the very beginning of time. You see, it's a, it's a thread of compassion. And, and it's a stitch of kindness. It's a patch of humility. It's buttons of meekness and patience all gathered around a bold, harmonious fabric of love, and I believe finished with accent feathers of angel wings. I see them. I see them. Some of you every now and then turn around. I see your wings. What the great designer of our lives together has in mind is not an individual fashion statement, but a communal assemblage of the overwhelming fabric of God's grace. And goodness in each of us and all of us moving together in and out of the world's ways. For me, this passage suggests that our identity in Christ, how we are seen and how we are known, how we live our lives, is shaped and formed by those who serve as God's people. Those in partnership, those in mission with the divine, holy designer. So in this season of hope and joy and peace and love, let us not worry about what to wear. I have to talk to myself when I do this. Let us not worry about what we wear, but boldly, boldly wear the love of Christ without hesitation. And as my friend would say, now that is showing up dressed for the occasion. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's join together in prayer. Gracious and loving God, standing here between the birth of your son, our Christ, and our hopes of a new year, we pray believing that you will rekindle hope where it has been lost, That you will bring your wholeness and joy to those living where there is only mere life and brokenness. That where there are strife and conflict among families, friends, communities, nations, we pray for reconciliation. We ask that you send your peace and justice between countries and faiths who speak through bombs and bullets. We pray for the refugees forced from home and unsure of the future, asking for comfort for them, and for the abused and the destitute, create a place of safety. Oh God, as we come to a new year, an opportunity for a new beginning among us, we ask that you clothe us in the love, kindness, compassion, and meekness that transforms our lives and the lives of all whom we encounter. Enclothed in your love, send us now. Send us where you need us most.